Okay, let's start. <laughs> um, welcome to this both both sides of the bars, young people and A made in jail panel session of Uripay. My name is Celine and I'm an alcoholic from Paris, France. Hi Celine. Hi, Celine. Uh, this is the A preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strengths and hope with each other that they may that they may solve the common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for a membership that we are self-supporting through our own contributions. A is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. About anonymity. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio and films. Thus, we respectfully ask that A speakers and A members not be photographed, videotaped or identified by full name or audio tapes and in published or broadcast reports of our meetings, including those reports on new media technologies such as the Internet. The assurance of anonymity is essential in our efforts to help others problem drinkers, other problem drinkers who may wish to share our recovery program with us. And our tradition of anonymity reminds us that A principles come before personalities. The meetings at Huripay are being recorded, so we ask that you only identify with your first name and city when you're sharing. This is a panel presentation meeting beginning with speakers sharing on the topic, followed by questions and answers or comments. Participation during panel presentations is open to all. And please help me to welcome our first speaker, Jamie M. from Melbourne, Australia. Hi, my name is Jamie and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Jamie. And uh, it's really... Great to be here, and uh, thanks to Jay and the Europa Committee to, for asking me to share. It's a, a real privilege, and uh, I have a sobriety date, 17th of September 2005, and uh, I have a home group in Melbourne, which is the Deal Men's Group, and uh, also have a sponsor. And um, I guess uh, you know I suffer from alcoholism, and uh, you know ever, ever since I was a little kid, you know I felt pretty uncomfortable in my own skin, and uh, when I picked up a drink, I felt significantly better. You know, I love the effect produced by alcohol and, uh, you know, my alcoholism progressed and my drinking progressed, um, you know, through my school life, university life, it affected my relationships and uh, until in the end I couldn't drink and I couldn't stay sober. You know, I just didn't know what to do and uh, checked myself into a rehab and, um, you know, started to get some help there and I finally asked for help and, um, you know, I was introduced to the program of AA and, uh, like I said, I got a home group and I asked for some help and since then I've been sober for four and a half years. And uh, when I got there, you know, my sponsor, you know, started to suggest to do some service and get involved and get outside of self because my problem was centred in my mind. And uh, they sent me down to this uh, drop-in centre, like this contact centre, and said, help some other people. And um, so I started taking up service and I joined some committees and... Uh, I was about a year and a half into uh, sobriety, it was in 2006, and some uh, guys came into the, our meeting from uh, Werribee, which is a little bit down the coast, and they were two older guys, and they said, you know, we, we're running a prison uh, roster, and uh, we want to get some young people involved. You know, we're getting pretty old, and we think we're going to rotate off pretty shortly, and we want to get some young people into the prisons. So come down. So I thought that was a good opportunity. So I signed up and volunteered to go to this uh, Metropolitan Remand Centre and uh, I got inducted. Uh, so I went down, took a morning off uh, work and got inducted and they, uh, they, they, they explained, you know, all the stuff that the prisoners could do and they showed me all the contraband goods and how prisoners could make uh, knives out of pens and stuff like that and I was absolutely shitting myself. And, uh, and you know, they gave me like a, a retinal scan that's like an eye scan and that was my identification to get in, into the prison. So and a, and a security pass. So 
Once I was inducted, I had a green pass, and I was able to wander anywhere throughout the, out the prison. Um, and, um, but what, what we had was uh, these guys had set up a couple of meetings, like uh, AA meetings within the prison. Uh, one was in the week and one was a Saturday morning. And uh, what they said is they said, you guys, you know, your group, the deal, you can run that group any way you want it. And so uh, what it pretty much consisted of was I, I, I helped put together a roster and uh, rostered myself on and some other people. So we would usually, we would always go down in twos. Uh, it's always suggested, you know, if you're going in a prison to uh, have maybe an older sober member with a bit more experience and a younger guy, you know, in case uh, there's, there's any issues and also so you can just share your experience, um, two or more people. So we ran an AA uh, meeting in the prison and uh, it was a, an identification meeting. We took the form out of, of uh, what the, the guys were running with and we shared our experience, strength and hope with the prisoners. And so we would talk for five to ten minutes and share our stories and what AA had done for us and that we were just like them and if we had kept on drinking that, you know, we... You know, I, I was never in prison myself, but if I had kept on drinking, I would have ended up probably in an institution. And uh, that the opportunity was available to them, you know, should they, you know, or when, when they get out or should they get out. And, um, and, and then we went around the circle and some of them would, would share and, they, they, and some of them uh, wouldn't share. And, and, and the, the feedback from the prisoners was that, this was uh, fantastic. It was so much more helpful than any of the other courses or whatever they did. And uh, some of them said, you know, will this help me get through my court case? You know, or, you know, will, will, it, will you be able to sign a piece of paper to say that I've done this? And, and we just said, you know, I would say to them, well, they will know. You know, that, the fact that you're doing something positive with your life and if you, say, if you say that you're a part of AA and you're doing something, others will be able to see that. And, and I guess it's all public information work, you know, carrying the message to the sick and suffering alcoholic. Um, you know, we're just trying to put, you know, throw out a whole lot of seeds out there in the field and, and plant, plant the message. And, and if one or two grows, then that's fantastic. And, and I think in, I had a couple of years, uh, two and a half years of going into the prisons and I had one, one guy who came down to one of the meetings at, at the men's group, came down for a couple of weeks and, and I haven't seen him since. Um, but I guess they're, they're slowly, you know, they, they, they're getting that message. Um, what else can I say about the prisons? Um, it's, I guess it's a, it's a great opportunity to, um, to be of service and carry the message um, to, to the sick, sick and suffering alcoholic and... Um, you know, it talks about this, uh, you know, the, the, the seventh or the tradition, you know, that when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, that, you know, I need to be there. And, um, you know, I, I was uh, coming back from the World Convention, I was on a flight and there was a lady there and she was in Al-Anon and, uh, you know, her son had been locked up in a prison and he was like 21 or 22 and he had a, a, an armed hold up and, you know, he was in there and I just, I felt really, uh, you know, sorry for her. And, and, but I knew, I, I guess, you know, I knew that, you know, at least AA is there and it's available for, for, for people like us. So, um, you know, a lot of these people, they, they, they're, um, I guess, you know, like the, it's both side of the bars is that, you know, it's, it's a light and it's an opportunity and it gives these people some hope if there's people coming in from outside to, uh, carry the message. So, so I think I'll leave it there. Um, it, is a, it is a panel, so um, you know, happy to answer questions uh, after after this. So uh, thanks a lot for letting me share. Thank you. And our second speaker is William F. from London. <coughs> uh, hi, my name is William. I'm now colleague. Hi, William. Uh, I'm. Um, going to be five years sober tomorrow um, and uh, I've been doing prison service for not very long actually since February. Um, I suppose my first encounter with prison service was someone just announced at a meeting um, we need chairs to go into to prisons and, um, and you know I'd, uh, I try and do service if service is kind of uh, offered and so I put my hand up and um, 
I went into Wandsworth Prison in South London um, with another member of the fellowship. And this guy that I'd um, gone in with, I mean, I, I, I never uh, went, uh, went to prison myself in my drinking, uh, although I did do things that might have got me there had I been caught. Um, but, uh, so I went in with this guy and uh, I, was very, I was very scared. Um, in fact, the guy I went in with had done the four, first 14 years of his um, recovery in prison. Um, and he'd murdered his partner in a blackout. And uh, it just seemed like there was some very serious stuff going on. Um, but what I discovered was when we went in, we actually went to the, the vulner vulnerable prisoners wing where they put uh, sex offenders and um, people who are at risk from other inmates. Uh, and I shared my relatively high bottom story. And what I got back was just an enormous amount of identification. You know, people talked about how they felt. Uh, and I suppose what, what it showed to me really was that uh, it's a real clear case of there, but for the grace of God go I. Um, that all of the existential stuff was exactly the same. Uh, it just so happened that um, our circumstances had been uh, different. Um, I took on the, my commitment, which is the prison liaison officer for um, West End Intergroup. Um, and uh, I took that on but largely because I had the time. I, I was doing a, I'm doing a, I'm, a, I'm back as a student now, so it meant I was free during the day and there's meetings during the day. Uh, and Wormwood Scrubs Prison isn't quite near my house. Um, so I go in twice a month. We only have four meetings a month in there and uh, West End takes one or two of them. Um, it's interesting because a lot of the guys that are in there are very young and um, a lot of them have, can't remember the, the offence that got them into prison. Um, they did it in, in blackout. Um, also the AA is their first, uh, uh, the prison is their first encounter with AA. Um, our, our, my home group, the young persons group in London, um, tends to have a lot of university graduates and people from like fairly comfortable backgrounds. And I believe uh, although there's nothing to back this up in the literature, so it's me having a theory. Um, I believe that the reason for that is because if you are alcoholic in, that, in those circumstances, then it really sticks out. Um, whereas if you come from a very chaotic place, it tends to stay hidden for rather longer. So um, a lot of these people come in and they have, you know, they have no idea of any of the kind of vocabulary of alcoholism. They won't know what a blackout is. Um, they won't really know what the point of meetings are. Um, it took me a long time to get, um, to get the security clearance I needed to go into prison. The prison authorities seem to take the attitude that, you know, no one's going anywhere, so there's really no hope. Um, and it took about four or five months for me to get my uh, card. Um, so now I go in and every, every meeting I take in someone from the... Uh, uh, from, from the outside and they are all incredibly pleased to see us um, I see the fact that AA is in prisons at all as a testament to the you know the fact that what we're doing is not um, a waste of time that we're part of an unusually functional organization you know there aren't Scientologists in prison for instance not that Scientologists would, but what I mean is that you know they invite us in because our ship works you know excuse me um, and uh, uh, they're always, yeah, the prisoners are always very pleased to see us and, and uh, often they, they, you get the sense that they're realizing, you know, what's been going on. That when they drink, they're powerless over alcohol. That um, often they go into blackout. That they behave in an unmanageable way once they, once they drink. Um, and then there's a, there's a couple of things that I think makes AA extremely relevant for uh, prisoners. Uh, one of them is that uh, I know that when I came in, I needed to be re-socialized. You know, I was like a battery chicken or something that had been taken out of the, the factory, and I, I, needed, I needed a group where I could recover, you know, not just recover, where I could get my marbles back, but where I could recover socially, you know, where I could learn how to be with people and learn how to listen to people and have people listen to me and what, so I talk and don't say anything and then, 
you talk and I don't say anything. You know, I had to keep it really simple like that. Um, and AA provides a really safe environment to do that stuff, where we've agreed the rules beforehand, you know, that we will be less judgmental, more tolerant maybe, than people outside, you know. We'll love you until you learn to love yourself. We'll put up with you even when you're being a shit. Um, and, uh, and that's what prisoners need, I think, when they come out. Because often they say, everyone I know drinks. You know, the first thing I do, I'm going to do when I come out is go to the off-license. Uh, no one wants to see. One of them said to me, no one wants to know when you're in prison. But as soon as you get out, they want to take you to the pub and give you cocaine. You know, and there's people that um, they only get as far as the off-license. And then they get rearrested. They get 40 pounds when they get out. Uh, and obviously 40 pounds um, is uh, enough to get you fairly drunk if you haven't drunk for two years. You know. um, some of them don't have a problem. They have this, this level of denial they have to get over because some of them don't have a problem not drinking in prison. There is hooch available, but they brew it in the toilet systems. Um, so it's not a great... It's not, not got a great, you know, taste, I don't think. So some of them don't have a problem steering clear of that, but there's this worry that they'll go out. Um, and I think, I hope that what we can do in London, and we're still working on this, is, um, develop, is develop a way of meeting people from prison, do it as a 12-step call, three minutes. So um, the other thing that I think makes AA particularly pertinent for prisoners is that it's a design for living that works um, in, in hard going. And there's no harsher environment than, uh, than a prison. Um, and I think that particularly, you know, at the alcoholic personality, that defiance, that basically sociopathic defiance, um, you know, at odds with authority, um, is going to land you in serious trouble in, in a prison environment. So I think a program that teaches you to accept, you know, to accept the things you can't change, you are in prison, you know, that um, encourages you to practice patience, not get into a fight, you know, that will increase your sentence, and a program that, um, uh, that encourages you to live one day at a time. I mean, how are you going to do a, a six-year stretch apart from one day at a time without getting so crazy and angry and mad. Um, I just think we have an awful lot to offer prisoners. So I suppose my message would be that even if you come from not the wrong side of the tracks, you know, and if someone says, do you want to go into a prison, that you say yes, because I can guarantee you that they'll, um, they'll, want to, they'll be pleased to see you and they'll get something from what you have to say. In one with scrubs, it's a men's prison, so they're also particularly pleased to see women. For obvious reasons. Um, so, um, yeah, thank you very much for, for listening. Thanks. Thank you very much. So, the, the meeting is now open for questions and answers or comments. We ask that you limit your shares to three minutes. Questions are welcome from the floor, but please come to the front if you are going to share and speak in the mic. Who would like to begin? Jay. Jay, I'm Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. Is there any bridge system for people when they're coming out of jail to, to going into the AA groups and the AA fellowship so they don't just get dropped off with the off license? Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for the question. The question is, is there any bridge uh, function after they come out of AA to get back into society uh, so that they don't drink? Uh, yeah, in uh, in Melbourne, in Australia, what what we do is we offer to pick them pick them up after they get out of the prison, and uh, make sure that they're going to an AA meeting at, the, at their welcome. Um, I don't I don't know if at that particular institution has a, a bridge program. I'm sure they have something in place, but the offer that we we give them in AA is that we'll pick them up to take them to a meeting. And what I, I do is I provide my contact number to the prisoners. Uh, I wouldn't, didn't want to pass on like other details of other members in my home group because of anonymity or whatever, but I guess I, I try to leave it so that when they get out that they'll call and ask for help um, and then that they'll come along to uh, an AA meeting. So, um, yeah, so the offer is there to, to meet them after, the, after they get out. 
Yeah, um, we, we're not doing as well as we could on that in London. Some prisons have a wrapped wing, which is, uh, I don't know what that stands for, R-A-P-T, I assume, I don't know. Um, but they will, they do offer a kind of counselling when people come out. But um, we, we, can, we can meet people from the prison gates as a 12-step call. And we've also got a list with, um, um, without numbers on it because we can't give out the where to find in prison because it's got phone numbers on it and the prison authorities say that, you know, it could be used for, you know, blackmail or something. And, um, yeah, so, uh, we, we, yeah, we, could, we could have an informal arrangement with the, um, the guy that runs it in prison where we can pass on a number, as Jamie said. Um, or they can do it as a 12-step call. But, yeah, I think it's something that we need to work harder at in London. Uh, I'm Céline Alcoholic. Um, I've worked in, in, uh, with Paris A members uh, uh, in, in the jail uh, uh, area. And uh, in France, we have um, most of the prisoners, when they get out of prison, they go to specific institutions or specific place where they actually stay for a while and A can go there. So it's a way of not doing the stuff personal but being present and being uh, available. That's my experience. Do you guys have any questions, comments, experience to share? I can't really hear you. Come on. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I go uh, to the jail, and we have meetings every week. And uh, when they quit, I gave them the numbers from their town. They can go to the AA, but further we do nothing. I don't know if that's a good solution. They can go of their own. When they won't go, they go. When Just like outside, they come or they come not. That's more I cannot do that. I think uh, when they are from the other side of the country, I give them the names of the groups and, and phone numbers, so they have a choice. That's it. Thank you. Sounds like Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> um, I'm sitting like a alcoholic. I have a question actually about the women-men stuff. Um, how, does, how is it going when you're just with the uh, male prisoners and, and women come for a meeting? Is it like uh, uh, a normal meeting or is it like the motivations change or whatever? <laughs> I'm wondering. Uh, or, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's basically a, a, a normal meeting. The, the person that I took over from was, my, was a friend of mine from the young person's group, Amy. And she, I mean, it's all, there's always two, um, you know, there's always two uh, sober alcoholics in the room. And then we do, we take our meeting on the, uh, uh, in the health, health wing. So, you know, and it, it, there's, there's kind of staff there. So it's not, I mean, there's, there's two of us. There's no kind of, that once the meeting is going, that's one of the, that's uh, the surprising thing. Once the meeting is going, it's an ordinary meeting mm -hmm. with more or less the same kind of tensions and kind of strange vibrations that sometimes happen in an ordinary meeting. But, um, you know, the, the, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, sorry, I was being slightly flippant earlier. Obviously, the, the prisoners do, there are female staff in the prison as well, so it's not their only um, yeah. sight of women, but um, they could just do with a bit of variation as well. Yeah. read this out it's a why why do people go in there yeah yeah sure okay um here's a, a guideline from uh, it's a draft of uh yaa members going to correctional facilities so uh, one of the purposes of imprisonment is to afford inmates an opportunity to correct their illegal behavior by addressing any underlying problem of alcoholism aa has sustained a record for over 75 years as an effective option for many inmates to turn their lives around for members of AA, visiting sick alcoholics where they, where they are has long been one of the important and happiest ways of keeping ourselves sober. The book Alcoholics Anonymous includes a, sh a chapter on working with others which states, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. Later in the chapter it concludes that helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. Our AA Fellowship encapsulates the, this policy in its banner displayed at many AA meetings. When anyone, anywhere, reaches out for help, I want the hand of AA always to be there, and for that I am responsible. All members have to do in correctional centres is to be channels for the AA message. Everyone has a story to share in correctional centres because inmates are as varied as AA members. You don't have to be in jail yourself. Not only are we doing 12th step and making ourselves useful in recovery, as the 12 Steps and Twelve Traditions talks about it, it also gives us the sense, that sense of belonging we often lack as practicing alcoholics. It also lets sober alcoholics see what could happen to them if they drink again. However, most of, important of all, it's the change we witness in inmates that motivates us to carry the AA message. The way it works in, in England tends to be that if you, you, you'll serve half your, so if you get a 14-year um, sentence, you'll serve seven. And if you get, if you serve half of it, uh, unless you um, offend again within the prison system, um, that, that, it's just kind of the way it works then. Yeah, in, in Australia, the place that I work in is a remand centre. So there's about 600 inmates, uh, and they're, they're on remand, so they haven't actually been sentenced. So they're in a, it's like a holding pen, and they may be there from uh, a few days up to six or nine months, but they're waiting for sentencing um, in, in like a proper jail. But I'm not sure what the, the actual guidelines are on, you know, how long you know you get, um, depending on how you know compared to your sentencing. But the, the one the institute that I work in is all is all males in that Metropolitan Remand Centre and only male AA members can go in to attend that meeting. Um, but there are other uh, women's prisons that have women in there and women can attend those. Uh, AA women do attend and run AA meetings in there. Yes. Hey, my name is Travel and Alcoholic. Um, I just want to, I have, I have a few comments I wanted to make um, just based on what you guys have just shared. Um, one of the things, I, I went to Ikipa last year and when I came back, I, I came back to England and I wanted to carry the message the best that I could to as many people as possible. I remember speaking to somebody, uh, one of my home groups, who basically started talking a lot about the prison service that he did sort of 20 years ago in America. And he mentioned a lot about how the most people, where you're going to find alcoholics that are willing to listen, you're more likely to find them in a prison because they've got nothing sort of else to do, kind of thing. And they're obviously 
Uh, for a lot of people, alcohol was what actually got them to prison. So what I decided to do was I decided to get in contact with some people or we'll find out if there were people in AA who were doing service at young offenders institutions so I could get access to young people. So what I did was I contacted some people in London who put me in contact with some other people. Um, and basically I've been into Felsenham Young Offenders Prison, which is, I suppose, in Greater London, and um, gone in and shared um, at two of the meetings there. Um, and it was really interesting because... To be honest with you, I didn't want to go and do it. Um, I thought, I don't want to go into a prison because I've never been into a prison before. So my thought was, why would anyone in a prison want to listen to me? Um, and the other thing that I thought as well was, I, I got sober at 22 years old, and the, the age for the prison, the young offenders prison, was actually kind of um, 15 to 21. And I thought that they might not be able to identify with me, but I thought, what the heck, I'll give it a go and see what happens. And I went and did service the first time. Um, and I must admit, it was like... It was well, it's by far one of the best things I've ever done in recovery. Um, what I kind of found was I sat down, especially the last time that I went in, because there were more guys there, I went into the meeting and I sat down with these guys. Um, and what I think they really liked was the fact that I had come into the prison and I wasn't telling them what to do because I'd read it in a textbook. I was telling them what to do because I'd actually been done exactly the same thing as them. And what they were so used to seeing was people like counsellors coming in and telling them what to do when the counsellor hasn't actually done what they are in prison for. Um, and it was interesting because it was exactly the same as talking to a newcomer. You see the glint in their eye when they identify with what you're going on about. Um, and what I found as well was that um, they identified a lot with me getting sober at 22 years old. And I think for them it helped them knowing that it was actually possible to come out of prison and actually turn up to a young person's meeting in London, for example, and actually live a sober life. Mm. You know, because I think I, I agree with a lot of what William said. A lot of people actually leave and the second they leave, they take the money they're given and go straight to the off-license and they don't even stand a chance. Whereas I think what they do actually at Feltham is they don't give them where to find, they just give them a list of meetings. Um, and basically they can go to those meetings if they choose to. Um, and, and some of them have been successful, but I think the thing that I got a lot from it was it was really worth doing. And, and what I found was that even though at first I didn't actually want to go and do it, um, I was best off just turning up and seeing what happens and giving it a shot for a couple of times and it worked out great. So at the moment I'm going through the security clearance process, which, like you mentioned, takes a really long time um, to actually become a secretary at Felton Young Offenders Prison. Um, and I think all I wanted to say was that um, there's a lot of people here which I'm really pleased about. Um, and if you haven't done service in a prison or you, you are doing service in a prison, I'm like, brilliant, but if you haven't, um, it would be really cool if you kind of went away and actually found out what was going on in your community and if you wanted to go and do service at a young offenders prison or if you're a woman and you weren't comfortable doing service in a men's prison you could go and find out about women's prisons because I'm sure there's a real if there are I, one would, the prison that I've done service in is a, is a boys prison so I'm sure that there are other women's um, young offenders prisons in England that pro probably nobody's actually going to do service at um, and I think the best way to probably find out is Obviously, ask at your home group, um, ask at your intergroup, or ask at your sort of region and find out what's going on in the area. Um, so that's all I have to say. So, um, yeah, thank you. Australia, approximately 10 to 30 people attending out of, like I said, up to 500 people. So it's fairly good numbers. Yeah. Uh, at one with Scrubs, there's only ever eight, but there's a waiting list because the prison is understaffed, so they, they can't bring, they have to bring all the people off the wing in order to come to the meeting, and that, that requires staff. Uh, but as I said, there's a waiting list. At Wandsworth, uh, and I went to do a chair in Wandsworth again last week or the week before. Um, I thought there'd be eight of them, and there was a room of 30 prisoners because uh, they've got a um, they've got a, a rehab wing there. They've got a racked wing there. Um, the, the the thing that is different um, from a, a normal meeting is that in most meetings you tend to have quite a high kind of median of Sobriety, you know, you have a few people who have been sober a while. Um, whereas in uh, Wormwood Scrubs, um, a lot of them, 
are only just, uh, it's basically a meeting largely of newcomers, and probably me and the chair will be, or definitely me and the chair will have the most sobriety in the room. So we could do with having more meetings um, so that more people could, could come in, um, and so they had a bit of a running start when they got out, because one a week isn't enough. There's one AA and two NA meetings. Um, and uh, yeah, then maybe we could get more people into it. And we could do with going in with three people as well. I think that would improve it. Um, so that then you have more of a, um, you know, more of this kind of ballast of sobriety to stop people being, feeling, you know, the, the feeling in the meeting being too kind of mad. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say also the. Um it's considered a privilege in, in Australia to go to the AA meeting, so if you've not been behaving, you're not allowed to go there. And also, we give out free coffee at the meetings, which they don't always get coffee. So some of them are just there for the coffee, and, and, uh, you know, and then they come along and they say, you know, that was really great. And some of them are also there, they've maybe got other problems, they identify as a, a drug addict or whatever, so we point out that they might want to attend you know, NA when they, when they leave. But I guess as long as they're there and they're hearing the message, you know, they know that there's something for them to do when they get out. I think the hardest thing is trying to get them, you know, like to get to attend a meeting once they leave prison. That's that's the, the biggest the biggest challenge. And I guess we just can carry the message and see how they go. I mean, we we don't actually. They used to get tea at one and scrubs during the meeting, but they don't do that anymore. But I think people do partly just come because of the atmosphere in the meeting is very different from an atmosphere anywhere else in a prison, really. That just that sense of like, it's being a safe place where people can talk. And the things that, you know, the, the way that we talk in recovery is totally antithetical to the whole prison mentality, you know. The idea of, of allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you know, holding hands at the end of the meeting. That can be a bit embarrassing, actually. Um, so, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, th I think that they, they do see it as a, as a privilege, and, and like I said, they always, you know, they always say thanks for coming in. Um, Scrubs, they can have postal sponsorship, so they could do the, the steps that way. But um, most of them are there on remand, so they're waiting to be sentenced. Um, well, the only reason that they'd serve their whole sentence in Wormwood Scrubs would be if they had collection, uh, connection with the local area. Um, and so far, we haven't had any of them. Um, but if they did show an interest in working the steps, then yeah, I'm sure we could find a way of doing that. Uh, but there's no there's no time. In the, you know, we see them for one hour a week, so um, you know to sit and do step work with them um, isn't really viable at the moment. But it's something we should look into. I think. Yeah. Uh, my name's Ben. I'm an alcoholic. Hi. 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 Ben. I I uh, I just wanted to sort of pick up on what was just said. Uh, in the states, we had done a uh, meeting that was similar to this meeting for about a year and a half. We did work uh, in a prison. Um, but the way we did it is we brought in a number of people. Uh, it was all volunteer basis. We would go in maybe once a month or so to the general population and speak to the general population about what we were doing in the meeting. And it was a step meeting. We would bring people through the steps, not necessarily like uh, um, through like a, a, an AWOL service. We would use the big book and we would try to do as, as much one-on-one -on -one stuff as we could. But the way we would do it, so we'd go in and speak to the general population, and then all the and anybody who wanted to come to that voluntarily would come to the group voluntarily, and we'd have maybe three or four um, AA members come in and work steps with guys there. We would work them through like the first three steps in sort of a group setting, um, and then when we had people working on their fourth step, we would invite them to help uh, work the other guys, the new guys, through. So the inmates were then beginning to sponsor some of their, their peers, um, which seemed to have pretty good re results. And then we would work with them one-on-one -on -one during their fourth steps. They were allowed to keep some paper and pencil, and they were allowed to keep uh, uh, handouts that we gave them that sort of would help 
um, instruct on the questions, point them to the right pages in the books and things like that. Um, and that seemed to have pretty good results. Uh, it's true, uh, you guys covered it in really great detail, I think, uh, all the sort of the ins and outs of the, uh, of the uh, jail commitments, but um, some people are certainly there just to sort of meet one another and like just chat and like just hang out um, and not go to like what other commitments they have to do in prison. But the, the thing, like you're saying, it's just like any AA meeting. It's, the point is you go and you share the message. And hopefully somebody um, will get that message. Uh, and through the year and a half that I was doing that, we've had some really amazing experiences. And uh, Some guys get out and then they freak out and they don't know what to do and they relapse. But they know where to go. Like one of the guys I worked with in that, in that institution um, found me like years after he got out and I ended up working him through the steps again. But so that was a really good, uh, I think, system for doing it. And it, it invited them into the process of sponsorship already and invited them into the process of the steps. And while they're there, they're just rotting. And like sometimes they'll even do steps just out of boredom, yeah. which is like pretty great, actually, really. Like, you know, like it's just some way to like sort of shatter the, uh, the, the, the stagnation that they're in. Um, but they're getting, they're getting through a fourth step, <laughs> which is pretty powerful. Um, and some of the guys were making amends over the phone and, and things like that, or making written amends. Uh, via mail. Um, but the other thing I wanted to touch on just quickly uh, is that uh, um, go in. Like people, they need people to come in. And there's tremendous respect for, uh, from the prison. From what I found, I, you know, I, I was not, uh, I never went to jail. I'm not a particularly like, like jail. I don't have a jail mentality. I mean, like, I grew up with all these people and I was a heroin addict but, um, and, a, and, a, and a drunk. But uh, they just have tremendous respect for people that come in and offer their time. Because yeah. they are, especially in the States, they're completely marginalized by most of society. They're left out, they're forgotten, and they feel that incredible pressure. So as you guys were saying, like, from whatever background you come in, if you're there with the intention to help, it's really, it's registered quite well. Um, and there are some dramatic stories that some of my friends have about, like, being involved in prison riots and the, and the prisoners like creating a barrier to protect them. I mean, this is rare. This is a very rare instance of a prison riot. Um, but uh, I mean, um, the prison, the inmates are generally quite respectful and uh, yeah. and they understand like what's going on. So I mean, people have inhibitions. I think that they should they should do it anyways. I mean, it's it's one of the most powerful ways of carrying the message and getting over your own fear to do that is a, uh, is also really good for you. Um, but yeah. So I think there are ways to. Negotiate the steps in as well. I'm sorry, I talked way too much. Thank you. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, I, I mean, I, I feel like um, it's partly just the, the effect of sitting on this side of the table, but I feel like I should somehow be, you know, defending defending what we do in, in when we're scrubbed. I mean, I haven't been doing it very long. I'm only learning the ropes, and I think there are problems with it, and I think we should do more to, uh, to, to, to sponsor people and encourage people to do step work. But um, it's just that we've only recently been allowed back into the prison. Um, and there's talk at the moment of doing um, two meetings a week. And that would be an improvement. Um, but I, I mean, I, and I'd be really interested to hear more from, from you guys about how you think, we, you know, what, what you, you think would be a good way of doing it. You know, because um, we have to make it, we're, we're building it back up, you know. Yeah, one thing also is um, when we go in there, we give them all a little big book too. So we take uh, collections, people can donate to a prison district fund. And so all of the members are getting a little big book. And, you know, some of them are, are reading through it. And, yeah, and some, I guess, yeah, some people are kind of doing the steps. But, like, I would agree with what William said, is, like, getting the time to work through and to sponsor someone is it, quite challenging. So I guess some of the meetings, I guess they're sort of like a PI session, it is a meeting where typically there's a few experienced server members and then the new guys, um, but they're certainly getting exposed to AA, and then you know what they do with that is up to them. So, are there uh, are there just another sort of uh, approach that we began to use? Is we would negotiate with the people there, um, the people that ran the program. It was called like a life skills program or something like that, um, and we would explain to them what we were doing. And they would allow us to come in on individual, uh, like an hour and extra a week to meet with guys individually, which is really, I mean, when the programs are established, as you're saying, it's much easier to begin to do that. Um, but those are also, if they understand, and most of the, because what, 95% of the people in prison are there as a result of drugs now? Yeah. The people that are, that are working with the, with the inmates generally recognize the need for the AA. Um, so if there's a way to negotiate with them, I, I usually find they're quite receptive. Um, 
I mean, we are operating at the most kind of basic, you know, yeah. we go in and they put us in a room. You know, yeah. they meet us at the door and walk us there. I mean, they, in, in Scrubs anyway, they, they have no, uh, they have no rehab, you know, so. But I, what you're saying is absolutely true, yeah. I, I think they will, they, I'll try and talk to this guy next time I go. And, yeah. And, yeah, tout the idea of, like, maybe we could do some step, a step meeting. I mean, the other thing too is that when they see the results, the inmates change. They begin to change in front of the, you know, the, uh, the POs or the, whoever's there, the correctional officers, and they see the results. And the guys actually have it. It really it builds on itself. It's, mm -hmm. quite, it's quite powerful moment. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a good little community most of the time. Hello, my name is Ali, and I'm So um, I'm one of those who, who are very grateful for, for the meetings at the prison because I got the clean 1st of April 1994 in, in prison and I stayed clean for over 16 years. So uh, it works. And a, a lot of thanks to all the people who comes in for the meetings in, in prison. Um, when I uh, sort of got locked up, there was eight policemen who, who took me the 1st of April 1994 and, and put me in, in uh, isolation for three months and I got sentenced to two years in prison and uh, during these three months I, I came to uh, um, the only thing I came up with was that I need help so I decided to uh, ask for help and they put me in this new project where I have this 12-step uh, program in a prison in Sweden where they tried it for, for the first time so when I came there, they, uh, I thought I, I was just going to quit the, with all the other drugs and I was going to keep the alcohol. And uh, I didn't see that, that I had a problem with alcohol. So, um, so I said, well, uh, I, I like this, but I'm going to change to another prison because they start talking about uh, my feelings and my th how I'm thinking and all the consequences and stuff. And I said, this, is, this, is nothing, this is, has nothing to do with my life. So, what I want to do is to quit the drugs and I want to keep the alcohol. But after a while I, I saw that I, the, the real problem I had was with alcohol because I was first sentenced in, in the prison system when I was 15 years old. And I, I, I had so much consequences from the alcohol so I even started to move from, from Sweden to the States. So I moved to Florida and I thought it's going to be different when I move there. But the thing was the problem followed me because the problem was in me. So I got into the prison system in the States, in, in Florida first, and I thought maybe I haven't moved far enough, so I moved all the way to California. So I thought in LA it should be different, so I got into prison twice there before I decided to go back to Sweden. And I went back to Sweden and I got into prison again, so I don't know, something with me in prison, so it's, I'm sort of allergic to, to the prison system. but. The thing is that uh, I've been use I was using for 23 years, and, and what happened was that I, I quit maybe 500 to 1,000 times for myself, but it never worked. So what happened this time was that uh, I only didn't use for one day. That was the thing. Uh, I, I tried to be clean for one day, just for today. So. Um, so that I, I took all these consequences I had, I saw them, that I, I can't use anything, no alcohol, no, no drugs. And I tried to be clean for only one day. And uh, that was the, the, the big uh, sort of uh, the solution for me, to do what other alcoholics and addicts have done before me. And um, it's worked now for, for over 16 years. and, and uh, I know I passed over 5,000 days, I think, so it's, it's uh, only one day at a time. So um, uh, it's a fantastic program. But I'm also very grateful for those people who came in to these meetings in prison. Because, and, and I did that because we had the meetings ourselves. And sometimes we were one or two or three per person on that. But when people came from the outside, it was so important to listen to them. And they gave us hope. And, you know, and, and the thing was that after a while they t saw me as as you say in the, in the States, a trustee, that they have uh, trust for, for me that they are going to behave if they let me outside. So uh, they let me to go to meetings in town. 
And that was so important for me that they came there and they signed for me. They did take from their own time to give for me, you know, to help me to come outside into uh, the, the city for a meeting. And it was so important for me to see that it worked outside the prison. Uh, and, and it gave me hope to, to continue. And like I said, uh, it was very important that the girls came inside because you have to have something to hope for. Uh, <laughs> and if they are sharing, and you know, if you're sitting there and there are or maybe ten people, and they just looked at you once, it was like uh, uh, yeah, a good price, you know. <laughs> uh, make my day, you know. So uh, the thing is that at, uh, keep go doing the, the, the service and go to the meetings in prison. I do that today, off and on, and uh, I think it's very important to go in there and try to share of what you can have when you come out. Because uh, it, I think that I, have, I, I didn't have much chance to, be, to get clean by myself. Um, so the thing is, I was very happy that I had my first 18 months locked up, because I wouldn't have been able to do this by myself. So I'm very grateful for the criminal justice department because they put me away. Um, but I also got help at the same time. And I think it's important that the criminal system should start uh, involving the 12-step program for, for everybody. And today we have, I think, at three or four prisons in Sweden that they have the program. And they are educating uh, the personnel uh, who's working there for, for, to help the the inmates, and um, I think it's one of the, uh, it's a lot of people coming. When I started there, we had one meeting in a week, uh, each week, and when I uh, came out from prison, we had nine meetings a week. So two, two days, we had two meetings. So I'm very grateful, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for being a part of this meeting. The next meeting in this room will be the medication.